Okay, another week for the FPL fellas podcast, and yeah, we'll we'll start how we always do. Tell us about your your points last week, boys. I guess I'll Would go first like since go I'm uh, I'm bottom of the I'm bottom of the group again. Actually, no, last week Tom was, so I'll take it. Uh, seven points behind Tom, thirty-two behind Thomas. <laughs> Uh, another shambolic week, as expected from uh, from your man over here. 46 points with an average of 44 for the rest of FPL. Um, I guess I'm captain hindsight again, like last year. Uh, talked with the lads in our chat before the deadline to do uh, Salah out and Raheem Sterling in. That would have been a fucking banger. Uh, and then I transferred <laughs> out Darwin Nunez for <laughs> Julian Alvarez. <laughs> and then... Just to get it a little bit worse, took out Rashford for Philly Foden. So <laughs> I just left my team alone. Left alone, I would have absolutely smashed it. But, you know, I'm the overthinker of the group and just completely went with, like, I don't know, the template or what the group was going with and just got sold on the story that Thomas and Tom were kind of selling and <laughs> I got absolutely shafted. So, yeah, that's that's nah. all on me, not on you guys whatsoever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I guess the only positive one is that I've had Levi Colwell since game week one and he returned me six points. <laughs> so that's the only right side. <laughs> but about that, uh, that's about it. I mean, James Madison with 10, Nico with a fantastic goal against Luton and how with eight. But apart from that, that's pretty much it for me. Wow. You had a rough game week, to be fair, Pat. Like, that's, you had that's a lot of guys. The only thing I can do is laugh now, threw. mate, because I can't change it. Yeah. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I had a quite an interesting game week. I think I was probably that Fulham late equaliser away from having an absolute disaster because, you know, I think I think Gabriel probably would have been subbed on, but in the end, he didn't get subbed on and I managed to get a Dogie's 12-pointer off the bench, which honestly saved my game week. So I got mm. 57 points, which is okay, but there are some other de- deeply frustrating stuff I had. Diaby in my 11 to start with. And then when Madison was sort of cleared on the Friday, I changed that last second and put him in for Richarlison, who got zero pointer. Incredibly frustrating. And then again, Foden was subbed on for the last few minutes. He did get an assist, but it would have been Diaby in. So that cost me eight points. And then I guess guys like Pickford, probably quite unlucky in the end not to get a clean sheet. It was a late goal from Wolves. Thomas can maybe talk a bit more about that game because I didn't watch it. Um, and then, yeah, the usual sort of suspects around that. Chilwell, Saka, Rashford. I mean, I saw Bruno Fernandes again. Frustrating. Um, and you know what? He does. He 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 did he did have a really good game in terms of his numbers. So I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy that I don't have him right now. But again, it's some time to watch him because I don't think I don't think he'll be great against Arsenal away. But, you know, another opportunity to watch him and then maybe bring him back later. I have to decide on that. But yeah, Thomas, how did you do? Yeah, um, I, I had a good week. I held a couple guys. I, I finished 71 points. It honestly could have been better, but um, Madison and Dogie on my bench is a bit sad, but the fact I got 71 points kind of makes up for it. Brought in Jackson, Gusto, and Alvarez, which was massive in the end for Gusto, getting 14 points. Um, Alvarez was a big dis- disappointment just because of how many shots and how involved he was throughout the game. Um, and I was like, I, I was sitting there pre-game being like, I wish I had the balls captain Alvarez over Haaland. Um, and it might have been worth it in that game. To be fair, Haaland had very similar stats, but and probably should have had a double, if not triple. But um, yeah, good week. I mean, holding on to Bruno and Rashford, like, I was always going to do that just because I didn't know. 
I already had a very good midfield to be honest. Like Madison was already sitting there on my bench, partially injured, uh, and I didn't. We, well, we didn't know till the last day. Um, and even though I found out he was fit, it wasn't sure whether he was going to be starting or not. So I just kept him on the bench. I put Gusto over a Dogie, so I don't know. Like I can't really get mad at myself for any of those. Uh, like I guess I could have played Madison, but it would have been over Foden, Fernandez, Saka, or Rashford, who all kind of returned. Foden the least at four, so. Um, yeah, it was a good week. I'm not really that afraid about the sub stuff, but yeah, I, I I jumped up into like the top mill, like 500k ish. So I'm in a good spot going forward. Um, Pickford, like you said, was a bit of a disappointment. I think, you know what? Like, I don't actually think Everton have been a Pickford's been a bad pick at all. Um, he hasn't been picking up saves, which does worry me because I I really expected us to get him to get a lot of save points. Um, but both the game against Fulham and to the, the other day against Wolves, like, we probably shouldn't have let in a goal. Um, we were in control of the Wolves game for most of it. They had one or two chances, but realistically, we were more dominant and it was just a goal out of nowhere. Honestly, it was a great goal, um, but goal kind of out of nowhere from a deep cross. So, I'm still holding on to Pickford because the whole turn up pick rotation works well, but yeah, good week for me. Um, bumped up a bit in the leagues and all that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely had a good good week. But, you know, as I said, but me and Pierce, like we we've had pretty bad starts to the season. I'm three mil. Pierce, what are you? I don't even want to know, mate. I mean <laughs> I'm three point nine. Yeah, I mean three point nine <laughs> mil, but still like I'm it's, you know, it's thirty terrible. points. It's honestly off of, I'm thirty points off the top of the league, who is three hundred K and thirty points is nothing. And you know, there's mm-hmm. plenty, plenty of football to be played. So I'm yeah, realistically I'm thirty seven, mate. That's not that's not um, you know, it could be fifty plus points, you know. So, well, let's let's give a quick shout out to uh, Lucy Shomay, who's top of our league mm-hmm. here with 100, yes. 190 total points. That's Absolutely massive yeah, from unbelievable her. to be fair. Very schooling very... the rest of the lads. Honestly, a very good league at the moment. With I think the top ten that I'm looking at right now is eight points within the top ten and first. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, lot lots to play for. Nothing really matters at this minute, obviously with the rank. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing one thing I have <laughs> one thing I've sort of noticed about FPL probably at this point now is I think preseason maybe there was a a bit of a template in some ways, but I think now that this season started, I think there's a lot more avenues you can go down to with sort mm-hmm. of the prices of loads of these players. So obviously you can fit in loads of different combinations of players, which means that there'll be way more variety in the teams and a lot more variance. But I think also at the same time, like the good players will also pick the right options and the form players in the right time. So yeah, I think it should be better than previous seasons where the template has been so strong that it just makes it really, really boring in some ways. I thought last season was a very boring season that most teams would have eight of the same players and you're sort of relying on three guys to to drag you, you know, whatever differences you needed. So, was, so yeah, I think this season could be quite a fun year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm enjoying it so far and I'm worried. <laughs> I don't really know what transfers to make. Um, I don't want to get rid of any guys, which kind of says a lot about your team because if your team's really that strong, but you still get rid of guys just shows how many good options there are so yeah should be good mm-hmm. so yeah if um what pierce what sort of transfers are you looking at to start um i'd love to i've been saying since what game week one basically that probably shouldn't have left out an arsenal midfielder um but they still had a very sketchy game but i think i'm gonna have to make way for one of them and i really like odegaard just even though he's 8.5 or what 8.6 now he's class moving the ball and everything he's just he's way too involved to kind of like leave him out 
or if I do go a little bit lower, I do sack up. I do have a lot of money in the bank. Um, but at the same time, I I might have to go and stick with my Raheem Sterling vet and get Salah out and bring in Raheem. Because Liverpool play Villa, Wolves, West Ham in their next three games. That's fairly tricky for them, even though they beat Newcastle with 10 men. And then who they play the week before, they, they beat with 10 men. So like they're clearly still top side, even though they, they're down a man. But Chelsea then play Forest, Barnmouth, and uh, and Villa. <clears throat> I do have I think... to say that when it comes to Sterling, I'm really, I'm really not like I see him a lot on Twitter, and I, like everyone's hyping him up, and I just, I just don't see it to be honest. Like, okay, sure, he had a great game against Luton, two goals and assist. Can't take that away from him. Nineteen points, that's class. But you know, it is. I think everyone knew at the start of the season that Luton are a poor team, like probably the worst yeah. in the league, and you can't just suddenly say after beating, you know. A, probably the very favorite candidates for relegation and then suddenly turn around and say this guy is essential you know he before that game west ham and liverpool two you know solid prem teams he got you know combined 0.06 xg and obviously that's pretty terrible but you know what again if if you get your goals that could be a sign of confidence so yeah i'm also i think i might do with shaw being out or potentially gabriel not getting any time whatsoever. Uh, bring in uh, Udogi. Yeah, just off the cuff. But apart I think from I that, think Udogi is such an. I think Udogi is such an obvious option for this. Yeah, yeah, he, you know he is. It's just I I don't know what it is with Gabriel. Like something's up. Like I don't know if he just like pissed in Arteta's tea or something like that. Like something's gone on because I don't get why he's not playing. I mean, it, I mean, we all know Arteta is a bit of a student of Pep, and Pep often does this kind of. Uh move where you know a, a player who's completely nailed in a pep team will the next season just suddenly be completely out the frame like he's yeah. done with you know Laporte, Cancelo, uh, Foden at times um, you know this is a very very pep style move so I don't know maybe is it pep this Arteta obviously a student of pep doing something but it's I think it's very very strange like I think pep always had unbelievable replacements coming in for these guys where it's for Gabriel it's like Tommy Asu who is he the quality of Gabriel? I really, really don't think so. So yeah, it's definitely a very strange one. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to counter your point with the the Sterling thing. Sterling was excellent against West Ham, and yeah. uh, he was excellent against Luton. But that's for obvious reasons. Salah plays what they play Villa Wolves West Ham. I think I don't know. He still wasn't as involved in the uh, the Newcastle game, but that's also Newcastle, and he was pretty poor before he only got those points even with a missed pen he scored one goal and then he got the assist to darwin so he has been more of the i guess facilitator than i guess the target that we usually are used to seeing him on fpl so he could be someone and sterling's kind of taken on that role as like our driving force in the attack like you saw during the game we were heavy on the wings with colwell playing to chillwell who chillwell was basically a left winger and uh the overlapping runs between Gusto and Sterling. I think that's just such a focal point in Poch's team right now that he's someone that can bang goals and he takes men on for with with ease. And so against Forest, Bournemouth, and then Villa, I think there's a high chance of a return for those two out of three games at least. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I think it's definitely, <clears throat> definitely possible. Um, but yeah, at the same time, is Chelsea's attack has it been good enough to warrant like doubling up on? Because I because I know you have Jackson as well, so I do feel like. To a certain degree, maybe if you don't have Jackson, then Sterling's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the only reason why I haven't made that transfer. I put I did Jackson just because 
he was leading us into, as I mentioned in the last pod, in like every stat in like the final third from shots mm-hmm. to ball progressions to literally everything. And he obviously, like the stats spoke for themselves when he scored as well. So I think he can do it again against Forrest. It's just whether or not Sterling is going to be that man playing in the balls to him. And, and I think he probably will be because he's been absolutely fantastic for us. And it, and, and again, against, the, I guess, one of the lesser sides in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You sure. know what, Pierce? I don't want to, I don't want to just keep going hounding on the same thing all three of us but um if I I'm actually looking to get Salah in somewhat soon. Yeah um, yeah I I that's why I want to keep him because they play after that they play what they play Wolves West Ham Spurs Brighton Everton and Forest. And that's yeah, a really nice run, really nice run of fixtures but then again I also you also see Brighton and Spurs are not that good at the back if we're being honest. Yeah. Um West Ham and Everton at home with Forest at home is good. Wolves away is fine. Luton away is fine. Villa's at home, not away. Um, I'm, I'm still suspect about Liverpool, uh, like you were saying, but I think it, come game week five, I, I might be tempted to do it. I think we have so much money in the bank at this point um, that it's somewhat worth it for guys like Salah. He can be a massive differential for captain. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think with Salah, um, yeah, I think owners have been very unlucky during this run. But at the same time, I think what you're paying for with that price isn't necessarily like the points that you get over the other guys, but it's more so the nailedness, especially now that we're in the Champions League starting off in the next couple of weeks. Salah's, for what we know of Salah, he's going to play every single game, pretty much 90 minutes. And you know what, when we go through that easy run and he's going to be starting every game, you don't have to worry about the team sheet like you would with Diaz or Nunez or whoever. Uh, Liverpool is still one of the best attacks in the league. So with someone like Salah, it's like, yeah, he's been really poor. But maybe I just have to hold this, hold out the, hold out this run. Yeah, yeah, I agree with I, that. I also saw a thing I, I on so Twitter. Many ways to go about it. I saw a thing on Twitter this morning where, um, basically, if you have S two and Dogi, they both complement each other with like the hard run of fixtures because Spurs have Burnley, Sheffield next to Brighton have Newcastle, uh, Manu. Then after that, Brighton have Bournemouth, Villa, and Spurs have Arsenal, Liverpool. Like they kind of flip flop. So if you have them, you could rotate it. But as we just said, like they've been leaking goals and been, I don't know, Brighton have been leaking goals, not not necessarily Spurs. Spurs haven't conceded a goal in what, last two games? Yeah, two clean sheets. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I think it's, you could definitely get cheap on for the next couple of weeks because of Gusto, Gusto and Chilwell, you could pretty much play for the next six game weeks if you really wanted to. Uh, next six. Day, I don't know about that for Gusto. For Oh well, actually, yeah, because sl- he's going to slowly yeah. come back but, as well. But I, I think if it was a harder fixture, he probably would get forced back into the team. But he's got international break to recover, and then after that, he'll come in. So yeah, exactly. game yeah. You got five, five game good games five. in a row. Yeah. You got five very yeah, yeah, yeah. good games in a row. Yeah, I'd probably, if anything, so, I would, I would transfer out Colwell or Chilwell. But you know, in my luck, Colwell's going to score an absolutely banging header off across. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I the only in defense, the only thing that I think is worth going for. It doesn't have to be this week. It could be this week, honestly, because I do think they're just simply a very good side. But if you're gonna, you're gonna, you gotta start looking at least to get uh, a Newcastle defender, and it doesn't necessarily have yeah, to be. Yeah, I've, I've seen the stuff on Twitter about Trippier but, coming back in. Yeah, but, but like this well. week, probably a tough week with Brighton. He won't keep the clean sheet, I'd imagine. Um, but Brentford at home, I think you can do that. Sheffield and Burnley after that with West Ham Palace and then Wolves. So it's a very good run. Well, I think um, so that's oh, probably where I'm heading. 
Yeah, definitely don't don't I wouldn't recommend it this week, but I think a lot of it comes down to so Botman came off injured again. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. And I think, yeah, you take out you take out either Botman or Cher. And when you have, you know, Matt Target who came in to fill in at centre back, because they have only Jamal Lascelles as their only other fit left back, not center back on the bench, that is a huge drop in quality. Huge drop. Like I don't think um, you know, back back two of Lascelles and um and share would be anywhere near as a, as good numbers as they were doing last year. So, you know, Newcastle, maybe it's one to wait next week and then see how how uh Botman's injury looks over the international break. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Um is there any because <laughs> I know most of us have our midfields and forwards are actually better solid. Even if it, you don't have all the guys that you want, technically you probably don't have to move anything at all. Um so is there anyone that you really think is on the chopping block? On the chopping block, uh, well, for me, I've got Richarlison, who has been incredibly frustrating to own. He, he again, at the weekend, had had himself on the end of some pretty decent chances and he just couldn't put them away. And then when you see Madison as well, who, I, who you know, I was a big fan of in preseason, but I decided to go for Richarlison, who's been absolutely brilliant. It's been frustrating, very frustrating. But Richarlison did score today in the League Cup. Maybe that's, that's something for confidence. But again, I think he would probably be one of the first names for me on the chopping block. And then also, yeah, we talked about Gabriel. Uh, he's just gone down in price. But I've I left it because I wanted to get through these League Cup games and see if there was any other injuries that came up. And yeah, Luke Shaw as well, I own, who you obviously have to get rid of because of injury. Yeah. That's really tough, honestly. Like I had, I had a few. I got very lucky with like some of the end of uh, the last minute chances I made before game week one, where I got rid of guys like Shaw, um, who just like he's obviously a good asset. He just kind of went down the drain and forced everyone to take a transfer, which I guess like also puts you like I felt like that put people behind on getting things like Alvarez or or guys like Gusto or Dogi who actually like popped off this week. So. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like this week was one of those weeks where the people that got, I mean, got lucky for game week one with, you know, no injuries and all that kind of stuff, um, were able to kind of attack game week three, unlike other people. But at the same time, other people took out guys that, that did well. So it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have um, this much variety, to be honest, because as Tom said at the start, like there was such a big template for the last, for the last season. And now it's just like you actually have to really think about your moves. Like, yeah. Holland is permacap, but at the same time, like you can gain points from so many other players. I'm yeah. not exactly also, feel, the smartest one with that. I've been dropping all the players that have been making the points. So yeah, I feel I feel very bad for you, Tom, with the whole Richardson thing because I actually think he's still a really good asset. If he's he's kind of limited to 60 and 70 minutes at this moment, just because he's not performing. But the second he does perform, he'd probably be a 90 minute man again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Madison's obviously kind of overshadowed him big time. Uh, but he feels like the kind of guy you get rid of him and he's just going to pop. Because like I was looking to get him in game week three on a double up with Madison. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I obviously just was not a good idea after two game weeks. Um, and with Burnley and Sheffield next, like it's so it's such a difficult one to to kind of throw him away for. But I guess if you're sideways moving to Madison, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm sideways moving to Madison. That's, that's, my, it, that's my thinking there. I'm more so... I don't know whether I... I I um was it was it gonna push a transfer for the week or if I 
just hold Richarlison and then make a decision and tell me what you guys would think of this decision process. Richarlison for Burnley away or Diaby for Liverpool away? I mean, it just it, it just sounds like something Richarlison would absolutely screw up and make you pull your hair out next week. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'd I'd put Richarlison in, and we've seen from uh, we've seen from Andrew's like press conferences that he's still got confidence in Richarlison. I think he's still going to give him those starts. I, it, Son does not do what Richarlison does. So I don't think it's very fair to like say that for people like a lot of people on Twitter saying that you know Son might get a start up top every night, like once or twice. And I'm because of Richie's bad form. And I just think that's an awful take because simply he doesn't do the same thing. Uh, if it comes, happens at like the 60th, 70th minute, I'd understand someone playing up there, but um, I see Richie continuing to start until at least they find another striker to bring in. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, a, that's very fair. And yeah, but Charleston, incredibly frustrating, but for me right now, I've personally got uh, DRB in my starting 11 for Liverpool away yes. just because, you know what, Villa have been absolutely ridiculous uh, going forward since game week two. And Liverpool, as we saw at the weekend, can be pretty calamitous at the back. You know, not even just at the weekend, all season, they've been calamitous. Van Dijk now, who's uh, suspended for the game. Uh, not that that's going to be a good thing because he's been dreadful, but without Van Dijk, you know, Liverpool, that's their captain, you know, and... Um, who's going to come in and replace him? Joe Gomez, Matip and Kanate and Joe Gomez. Yeah, Kanate. Yeah, one of those two, Kanate and Gomez. So yeah, again, that's very weak. And you know, we 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 still saw Liverpool before they went down to ten men, who were they were really bad. Obviously, when they went down to ten men, they had to sort of settle in and really drop deep, which actually suited them. Uh, but yeah, when they go back to eleven men, they still keep the high line, and Diab can absolutely destroy that. So yeah, I think yeah. I might have him in. You know what, Diaby? Uh, watching him in game, seeing the positions he takes up, um, his finishing, just his ability to dribble and attack players is, is you, it makes you think he's a really, really good option. I, I've look, been looking at stats, and stats aren't even that impressive um, over the past three game weeks. But I also think he's been a bit limited. You know, being new to the team, he hasn't been a focal point. Um, but I think that's slowly going to start turning. I th- he, he probably is the best attacking Villa asset, even better than Watkins at this point. Um, he's just more dangerous. He finds he fi- like if you really watch the Villa games, he finds such good spots, um, and he's he's always running. He's always running late into the box and like that. So um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, Diaby I mean, was like at this point, he's my six point five. I think over and Boyma and all those guys. I think I always I picked Diaby. Um, that's a tough fixture, but like you said, Liverpool a bit leaky at the moment. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I watched it for the game. I thought uh, the the bigger chances were falling to Diaby. I thought Watkins was doing more of a hold up job, and it would be mostly Diaby running off him, and you know being the guy to to get him behind. So yeah, I think he's a great asset. Uh, maybe not to bring in this week, but after that, definitely, definitely a good option. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess this United Arsenal game. How do you want to? How do you how do you want to weigh up the sort of Arsenal versus United assets? You know, interestingly, I I think Arsenal capitulate in this game. So I I would I'm actually quite um, bullish on keeping Fernandez. Like if you I have Rashford technically and Fernandez. I think one of them should be leaving my team, um, but I only I don't want to take a negative four. So I. I'm basically like I'm gonna put one of them on my bench and hope that maybe someone gets benched and he comes on or whatever it is. But I I generally think that United will get 
of Arsenal, a really tough go around. Arsenal have not sold me at all so far. I think Sacco was really, really good last game, but there's there's tons of leaky issues at the back. Obviously, there's injury issues. Um, and also just I think Kai Havertz has lowered their game so much. I, I, I don't want to just blame him because it's not like I watch specifically Arsenal games and it's just like Havertz is a problem, like he screws up all the time. But considering the level they were at, at the end of last year, and he's the only addition to the squad practically, or Bob Rice, who's pretty much just slotted in anyway, uh, it's it's hard to think like what he offers. He hasn't really shown any ability to get to goal either. Um, I guess he's a progressor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I really, I'm not fancying Arsenal at the moment at all. Interesting. Yeah. No. No. I. I, de- I mean. I think it's very hard to make the argument against Havertz having a good start. He's definitely been a passenger to start the season, just really, really hasn't offered much. But yeah, I have to say, I think Saka looks a really good option this week. I think United, mm-hmm. again, without, you know, they, they've been very leaky at the back, as we've seen all season. Saka could take full advantage of that, especially against, you know, Dallo, who's not comfortable on the left-hand side. Like, he could be our, he could get, get amongst the goals. And then what, so if, if you're benching one of Rashford and Bruno, who are you sort of thinking of keeping in? Um, You know, so Rashford's the big game guy, I feel. Um, so he probably should be the one I leave in for Arsenal, who will be, you know, trying to possess the ball. And then you'll have guys like Rashford stealing it and running encounters. Um, so, sh- you know, if I'm really thinking tactically, football-wise, it probably should be Rashford. But Bruno's involvement in the past couple of weeks has been really, really good. Also, um, uh, who got who got injured? Um Someone got injured in the United. Oh, Mount got injured, which which gave Bruno a lot of license to go forward. And we saw that last game big time because he, he was in really advanced spots last game. Um, and who was it that played alongside Casemiro? Last game, Ericsson. Yeah, Ericsson. And Ericsson plays more of a deep line playmaker role um, than Mount, who's, you know, trying to get forward and into pockets of space. So I, it, it's really, it's really hard. I honestly could end up benching like Madison again, which just feels so wrong. Um or like I mean, I bought Julian Alvarez simply for this Fulham game. Like I bought him for the Sheffield game because I thought it was a good one. But this Fulham game, I wanted Foden, Holland, and Alvarez, all three of them, because Fulham at home is the best fixture in the league, I think, at the moment, other than maybe Luton. And I yeah, I can't, I just can't bench them. Maybe Jackson gets benched, but that just feels stupid. It, you know, Bruno and Rash would have the worst fixture for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know. It's going to come down to the to the wire. What are you guys' opinions? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I I, I would I would play Rashford. I've got. I was just looking at it last season, and I think Rashford scored three goals in his two games against Arsenal last season, and he was brilliant in both of those games. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, obviously Bruno's good for penalties, but I think against better teams, then yeah, he will be forced to sort of be dropped a bit deeper, and that's not as ideal. Um, so yeah, I would I would I personally like Rashford over Bruno for this game. Also, is is Hodgland or is anyone going to take that striker spot? Is uh, Martial so making his out. way back in? I think he's still out, no. So yeah, I think I, I think he is, but Martial's still around, and I, there's been tons of talk of someone else playing up. Yeah, I think uh, I've just read that Hoyland trained last week and he's in contention to start. So I'm, I don't think he's he's playing a minute yet so I'm not sure if he comes in and starts straight away but to be fair given United's troubles there I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, he was just thrown in to start straight away yeah I, I think they do need a focal figure up top that's like 
that much is definitely known. It's also hindering Rashford a bit. Um, but obviously, uh, I guess Martial can play up there. Has he been? Has he been injured or has he been fit? Uh, Martial. He was on the bench last week, but he didn't come off. So maybe. Um, actually, he did come off. The, sorry, he came off the bench. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not not a hundred percent sure, but maybe maybe they will start Martial or. or uh, Hoyland, so yeah, it should be Rashford on the left. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm quite confident. United is one of those teams where I honestly feel like they go, they can go really anywhere with the, against the big guys, and I think they can do a decent job. Um, there's they're one of the teams where players in, players in their team like Bruno and Rashford can kind of just turn up big for a game um, and carry that team forward. Um, and Arsenal, I just feel like are going to kind of capitulate for a couple games. Um, as they did against Fulham, even though they definitely should not have. Um, but yeah, we can we can move on from from those the Arsenal United game. Um, but yeah. what, what are you guys thinking on City? Because I think some people have different City groups. Um, but the attack is going to be the main main idea with Fulham at home, obviously. So what do you guys think? I mean, I'm just worried about the roulette. That's what yeah, I, I, I the agree. Same things last week, like we thought Foden was nailed to start, and then. Just didn't. <laughs> I agree. I'm very, very frustrated by how that sort of uh, turned out because I think it was sort of uh, leaked after the deadline that Foden had uh, uh, not not travelled with the team, but he travelled in the morning because of sickness. Yeah, yeah, which obviously, right. if we if we saw that information, we wouldn't have uh, picked him because as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, he's obviously not going to start. You don't just travel in the morning and then get thrown into the eleven. So, but then also at the same time. They've really, really struggled for goals against a really poor Sheffield United team. So maybe, um, you know, I th- I'm I'm pretty sure in the I was watching the assistant manager talk in the pre-match, and he was pretty much just saying that Pep is still completely in charge of the team, and he's, and I'd assume that Pep, after watching that, would have saw City's struggles, and I hope that he just throws Foden back in. I think Alvarez is nailed. I want to say I hope I think he is. He should be good to start. Foden is a worry, but I want to say that he he should be should be returning back to the team because he got his assist when he came back on and he was as good as he was brilliant when he came on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about Foden. Um, you know, I, on the on the first pod I said this, I was like a bit disappointed I made that switch to Foden just because it was, first of all, he, it was a bit of uncertainty, obviously. Um, and so I didn't know if he was going to play game week two and all that. But he's completely proven me wrong. He's just he's stepped up a different level in these cup first couple of games, even with somewhat limited minutes. Um, I think Pep's looking at him like I I need to rely on this guy right now, especially with KDB out. Um, so I think like you guys both both brought Foden in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, Rashford. I think that's a good move. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, we talked about the rotation issues, but I guess if you were to wild card right now. Would you bring Foden in? I don't know. I think Alvarez is definitely definitely the better option right now than over Foden, uh, because of his guaranteed minutes. I, I think, and I think maybe the way to go would be to be getting a City defender because I think when you look at guys like um, Gavardio or or Diaz, both of them look very nailed. And I think I know there's the usual sort of frustrations with City defense conceding, but I think they're still the best defense in the league. And yeah, they're you just lose a bit of that headache that you get with Foden. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's completely fair. 
Um, I, the one thing I would say about Alvarez and the phone thing is that if you do want to have a city defender, which I think is completely fair because they are looking very good at the back, um, I like you said, Alvarez is probably the better pick than Foden. I think he is the starter at this point. Um, three and three, I, I guess maybe it's something to do with Foden being ill or whatever it was before this game. Um, but as we saw at the end of last season, they'd like to play that two up top with Alvarez kind of roaming around Haaland. So I think that's going to stay. Um, they've been playing well with it. He's just an absolute unbelievable player. Um, should get more praise than he does. Um, but he's, you know, overshadowed a bit in that team. But yeah, like you said, Tom, who would you go for in the back if you guys were to do a City player? Probably, yeah, as Tom said, Guardiola. I think he's, he's but yeah, he didn't start the first game against Burnley, but he played, he started the last two. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, I were, think they were unlucky to score, to concede against Sheffield, I guess, in a way, but. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's... he's the more nailed option out of all of them. Maybe I don't know about all of them. I think Diaz is probably the most nailed, but I guess yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, Diaz. Yeah, you save 0.5, and I don't think uh, he is that much less nailed than than Diaz for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, I th- and then Stones when he comes back as well should be pretty nailed and even higher up the pitch. So yeah, yeah those those are all three pretty solid options, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there any? I guess we talked about Chelsea a bit. Um, Spurs. I mean, there's one guy. There's, one, oh, there's one guy I want to talk about with you guys. So he's been an FPL legend this season, but he's got a ridiculously tough run of games. And this is a stupid yarn. He's got Newcastle, United, yeah. Bournemouth, and Villa away, Liverpool, City. That's you know that's six incredibly or five out of six very very tough games. Um. Would you guys be looking to move him on, or are you sticking, sticking, sticking with him? Probably just based on taking a hit on points. I probably wouldn't move him out this week. Like going back to the point about the wild card. If I was doing a wild card, I probably wouldn't have him in the team. Just based on that run of fixtures, and also how Brighton have looked a bit shaky. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean yeah. Newcastle. That's I mean guaranteed no clean sheet. Manu maybe. Bournemouth, yes. Villa, who freaking knows. And then Liverpool, probably no clean sheet in the city. is just going to get torn apart, probably. Not like we saw last season. Yeah, I'd so say. That's unless, like, unless something happens during the international break or Deserby figures something out because they're clearly missing something there. Well, I would say if you look at it through like another lens, right? Let's say you were saying that there's a potential for probably one clean sheet out of these six, right? That would be a pretty, that would be an okay result because considering those games, one out of six. But at the end of the day, right? When we're talking about a stupid Yan, we're talking about his attacking returns yeah, and how exactly. he offers more than just defensive, defensive he, points. Exactly. And when you look at it, Newcastle, we talked about Bottom being out. Newcastle could be very leaky at the back, and you know, a stupid Yan is super high up. I talked about United, how leaky they are at the back. He can definitely bomb forward and uh, get some mop and get some uh, attacking returns. Villa have a very high line and will be, you know, in the middle of their Conference League run. They might be. They might have to do some rotation. And then Liverpool as well, another leaky team with another leaky defence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think when you look at look a little bit deeper into all of these teams, they're kind of, they're, they're, you know, it could catch them out at a bad point with leaky defences. And with someone who plays as high up as he does, he's always, always good for a goal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. He's definitely, I, I mean, I'm not moving him out anytime soon. But Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's super it's a dangerous sell. Uh, he's someone that like you can live with it if he if he makes points on your bench. I think you can live with it. 
Um, but selling him, him returning, him going up in price again, he's already at 5.3. So like, you know, he gets to 5.5 and you have to pay an extra 0.5 premium on him over everyone else. It's quite difficult. He's also 5.0, like you said. So he's, um, you know, you can, you can bench him. It's not a huge deal. Um, but I do think yeah. if you're going to go, like, I, if I was to push people out, it'd either be if I had the money in the bank, I'd get rid of Cabore from Luton um, and bring Trippier in. But if I didn't have the money in the bank, I'd have to get rid of Stupinon, which which I wouldn't really mind, honestly. I could get rid of him until game week 10, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was my plan pre-season was when I was looking at it into game week four onwards, I was looking at it to bring in Trippier. But obviously, as I said, it's not a rush to do this week. Um, but yeah, over the international break is definitely one to think about. Because I'm not, I'm not like totally against that idea, but there's also points on the table there with him. So it's not, I wouldn't say he's a must sell, but yeah, I don't know if he's a must. He's not really a must buy either. So yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, captains this week. <laughs> um, does anyone want to point out someone who's worth captaining over Haaland? The only person is Julian Alvarez, but I'd have to have a leak. Yeah. I'd have to have a team leak to be able to do that. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't, don't like, Obviously, I don't think they're first game even. So um, I assume you're probably going to rotate. Wet my balls you're probably going to rotate Saturday. Pickford out of goal. Yeah. Sorry. You're probably going to rotate Pickford out of goal. For Turner, no, definitely not. Chelsea away is Turner's game. Pickford's got oh, Sheffield away. Uh, you know, I, I'm still, I still think PSU we are. I've got Ariola, so I'm going to be playing him. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. I mean, they, they West Ham look solid. Like, Do you know what is a interesting? I was looking at Ariola's fixtures, and I think from game week, uh, was it game week nine on game week ten onwards? He's got a, yeah, game week this, nine. They look really good. Ridiculous run, run Everton, where you could probably go Turner and Ariola and save the dosh. So maybe not one to do right now, but yeah, that's that's going to be for a wild card on yeah. maybe after international break if like shit really mm-hmm. hits the fan. But yeah, that's I've already thought about that one. Pickford is just I don't know what I was thinking, but at the same time, like he had a decent run of fixtures, and Everton have been pretty unlucky to concede as well. Like, first well, as, a, as Thomas was saying, it's like we knew he, the defense was bad. Like I knew they were buying yeah, it's him. The safe points. It's it's the safe points, and he's not even yeah. picking up one, three, and two. It's really nothing, nothing big there. So that's fair. That's been my biggest frustrations with him. Yeah, but with um, with my luck right now is I'm gonna rotate Pickford, put him on the bench, and put <laughs> put Ariola in goal. Pickford's gonna have like 13 saves in a clean sheet. <laughs> no, honestly, I, mean, I hope I, you do. I, I have to I say, hope you do. Swap I watch every game. Yeah, I mean, whatever I do, everyone should just do the opposite of it. Yeah, look, I, uh, Pierce, I watch every game, and I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you Everton are a class side, but I will say to you that we look to keep games as like low scoring as possible. Yeah, yeah, no, I we, know. We, I know. we basically Damage control. try to push people out and keep the game going as late as possible so we can grab, you know, a, a long ball into the, in, down the line and then someone decoring stuff and running onto balls and, and getting to the end. And we actually made, we've made a couple good options. I mean, good chances doing that. Fulham and Wolves, we both had fair chances to win the game. Just never did it. Um, I think we have like 4.3 XG or something or 4.5 XG in three games with zero goals. Um, and I think it was like, we have the same number of shots or something as Aston Villa. We're like two below and they've scored like, how many have Aston Villa scored? Close to 10 or something or like eight? I don't know. Um, so it's really a finishing matter for us. But at the back, we are actually quite solid. Like, especially with the bad teams, we we don't want to let them 
do anything but cross the ball in from the side and things like that. Um, so I'm actually I'm, I'm putting the I'm just putting the faith because I've agreed that I'm going to switch Turner and Pickford around for the good fixtures until I wild card. Um, and I'm confident that one of them will hit an eight to nine point or ten point very soon um, because they play in teams like that. So. Yeah, I think my yeah. potential idea for the week is, I mean, I've been quite lucky given Sean. I mean, Sean and Gabriel don't play, but I was very lucky that I picked a team in preseason that all 15 guys were playing. So I don't have to make a rash decision in selling them. So I think I might roll for the week and give myself two transfers for the international break because I do have a feeling, as always, that you get some annoying injuries through that break. So I might just give myself two transfers to figure figure stuff out during that break yeah i'm definitely on the same same route tom yeah even even if that means having to deal with bruno or rashford one of them being on the bench yeah i mean especially for me i've got Shaw and gabriel falling in price but i think information is more key for me right now than the prices and just deal with it uh-huh. yeah that's definitely fair right. yeah okay nice i think that was good